and free about a born podcast this is jacob with a special episode we're releasing right before the election of 2020 we are joined today by a couple special guests and also we have the answer to a question we've been asking our last few previous guests about why they're voting we encourage you to listen to their words think about some of the reasons you may be voting or in some cases if you're unable to vote getting other folks to get out and vote. We do know that this is not the only solution, but this is one action that we must take in order to make our voices heard. If you haven't voted yet, you can still do so on election day, which is November 3rd. Here in Nevada, you're able to register at the polling place And you can also, if you've received your mail-in ballot and haven't turned it in yet, you can actually take it to a ballot drop-off, which those are all listed online, and you can find where the nearest ballot drop-off is to you. Many of the voting centers will have a ballot drop-off as well. My name is Dulce Valencia, and this election cycle, I am mobilizing people to go vote because I'm a dreamer. I can't vote, and my future is literally at stake in this election cycle. So I'm motivating people to go out and vote for the people whose lives literally depend on this election. The next two people you are going to hear from are Jocelyn Torres, who's the Senior Field Director at the Conservation Lands Foundation, and Paul Selberg, who's the Executive Director of the Nevada Conservation League. You know, I've seen big changes in our community over how policies have been implemented um, over the years. And I feel like the election is an opportunity for people to really voice, you know, how maybe those policies have impacted our communities and how you know, new type of policies um, and that be under new leaders or existing leaders, but being held accountable to what these policies do, right, to communities, that they're not just some paper written, you know, somewhere in DC or somewhere in Carson City, that it has actual impacts on people's day-to-day lives. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I think it's it's been exciting watching people over the course of this year just be a lot more vocal about how these things have impacted them, how they hope our elected officials act on what is happening in our communities. And I think, you know, this is a year that people are going to hold folks, you know, accountable and their feet to the fire on the changes that they want to see in their community. Yeah, and I'm excited because, um, you know, I believe that a healthy democracy leads to a healthy environment. And frankly, the environment is always on the ballot. you know, and if you need proof of that, look no further than our very own state legislature um, and our state government. In the last legislative session alone, we passed some pretty impressive um, public lands bills and renewable energy bills, um, bills such as uh, an aggressive renewable portfolio st- portfolio standards um, championed by uh, Senator Chris Brooks. Um, we created the Office of Outdoor Recreation, um, which helps promote outdoor tourism um, and help support our conservation efforts around the state. 
uh, and that was championed by Assemblywoman Maggie Carlton. Um, we have had legislation that helped reauthorize um, funding to preserve our state parks, um, our hiking trails, our waterways. If you need proof, look no further than, than um, right here in our own state. Uh, and so that's what's really motivating me to vote this, this upcoming election. We know that young people are a vital part of the voting population and are already turning out in great numbers for the 2020 election. The next two voices you'll hear are from UNLV students Jeanette Patty and Ryan Boone, who spoke with us about their activism as Indigenous youth as well as young folks. I'm... I feel like my views on voting are a little bit more, I don't know, aggressive. <laughs> we like that. <laughs> Big smiles here. Tell us everything. Um, so when I think about why it's important to vote, I think about just kind of all the voter suppression in throughout history and even still today. Like, I mean, there are policies right now that they're like native communities are fighting that are making it impossible for them to vote. Um, like the, where they're saying that you can't have a PO box in order to vote, you have to have a physical address, but a lot of reservations, you can't, you don't have it at like a physical address like that. And I mean, they can't exactly move, that's their home. Mm -hmm. And these policies are done specifically for voter suppression. And it's just, I just wanna do what they, what the system doesn't want me to do just kind of, they don't want us to vote. They've tried so hard through so many years and centuries to keep us from voting, but now I'm able to, and I definitely want to be able to kind of stick my tongue out in their face and raise my voice. Well, for me, it's important to vote um, for the primary reason to have our voices heard. So it's gone way too long where indigenous voices are often suppressed and not heard. And there's very important things going on, you know, um, in terms of the land, the water, like so many things that are important to us. And we're trying to make changes happen, but, you know, um, government institutions, uh, institutions in general, just don't listen to native voices yet. And so, you know, it's important to get out there and vote um, to me, especially because, you know, there's a lot of great things that I'm really passionate about and I want to see those changes happen, and they need to happen. Earlier in the election season, we spoke with defense attorney Randy Fieldler about the importance of understanding who we are voting for when it comes to the local judges. So uh, it's interesting because I, I think my relationship to voting has changed uh, a whole lot since I, um, like after I went to law school, um, I think before I voted because voting is important and I, you know, care about democracy. Obviously, we it, we see what's going on in the national headlines. But after law school, and particularly after I started practicing as a lawyer, and seeing how much of our lives are actually not affected by national politics but by state politics, um, I really like brought home to me the importance of voting in these local elections because the vast majority of the laws that we as citizens interact with are not the federal laws, but there actually are local laws, whether it be the county or the state government that is regulating us. And so for me, I vote because I really care about those issues. And I obviously I'm a criminal defense lawyer, so I care about criminal justice issues. And 
I see every day how those how those votes matter, how our elected officials are reacting to the people who voted for for them. So I I just think it's really important, and it, it's a fundamental part of how our society functions. In the final episode of our series on why we vote, we spoke with Baby Bok Choy and Dread Lobster from the local podcast Build Pod Better about their community activism and their perhaps different take on why they're voting in this upcoming election. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so as y'all can see in their Zoom meeting here, I'm here with the Bernie sign in my background. So obviously Biden, not necessarily my candidate. Um, but I've come listen, something that's really been hitting me lately is like Trump has been doing such an amazing outreach for Biden. Like any doubts I, I was kind of like, am I voting or not? Like, just he has he has gone off the rails in such a way, where it's like, okay, whatever reservations I have, seriously, I gotta I gotta hear a vote. Uh, for me, it's, you know, that's kind of a thing you hear a lot of people saying about kind of harm reduction. Uh, I think like the undocumented, um, you know, for for trans individuals, a lot of the comrades I've talked to, especially locally, are like, well, this puts us at existential threat. Um, also, I've been thinking a lot lately too. Is like. So obviously the big things like the institutions gave us Trump. I don't, I, I definitely don't think Biden's going to be a silver bullet and all these problems are going to go away. We're still going to see a lot of material conditions that are going to be bad. But for me, something I've been thinking a lot is like, I'm just so exhausted of Trump, just everything about it, people's reaction to him, people's obsession. He's just completely consumed, not only politics, but our culture, like Pre-2016, like post-2016, it's just been all Trump all the time. From like comedy, it just seems to be like this thing that you never forgot about every second of the day. And I'm very much looking forward to him just being gone. Uh, I A lot of the things he did won't be gone. We'll still be like dealing with the after effects of this horrible, horrible administration. But just th- this uh 24/7 sideshow that he's got going it's just every day and, and to the point where it's just about Trump it's about his reactions it's about everything he's doing he's he's for for as horrible of like maybe the worst person on the planet but like he's a very good politician and he's he's played the media like a fiddle like every time he wants to distract us from like something he's doing that's legitimately evil he just does some dumb thing on the media and they eat it up and they just go, well, here's what he tweeted, or here's that. I'm just so tired of that. And, and that's another thing in the media. It's it's definitely been, they've definitely played each other's hands where it's like they they thrive on this show. It's like we said about toxic traits. It's very um, codependent. Like we're all obsessed with Trump's drama and like being involved with that. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And, and hopefully that like once Trump's out of office, you know, knock on wood, uh we maybe we'll get down to the issues the the you know the real real problems plaguing our country i have uh two two main fears with this election one uh, obviously being if trump wins and the second one is if biden wins and the left goes to sleep like it did when uh, obama won mm-hmm. um i'm sure there was lots of not to discredit a lot of the work that um people on the left are doing during obama's administration but largely you know, he won and everyone just thought, all right, we're good. You know, he, we're, we don't need to do any work. We got our guy in there and it's going to be, it's going to be good. And we kind of saw how that turned out. So I'm looking forward to, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a honeymoon period if Biden wins of everyone just kind of chilling out. But I think day one, we need to be start, you know, start putting a lot of pressure on him to uh, 
give us the things that we need or to, you know, it, like, like you said, it's not all him, but just putting the pressure on um, the office to do what we needed to do. Hey y'all, this is Allison. I'm voting for Democrats up and down the ballot because they represent many of the values that I hold dear. A woman's right to choose, they believe in science, they put people before profit, and they know that immigrants make our country stronger and more dynamic. They understand that climate change is real, and if we don't take action now, we won't have a planet to give to future generations. I'm voting for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris because I believe in public servants that choose to serve this country and fight for our collective dignity and humanity. And I know that they'll place compassion, empathy, and diplomacy at the forefront of their public and international policy. Things are dire in this country and people's health and our planet are at risk. So vote. And then make sure that after you vote, you hold your elected officials accountable. They sit in office to represent you. We are their constituents. I believe that collectively, we can bring about the change we want to see in the world. We hope that you get out and vote if you are able. Get your friends and family to vote. But most importantly, stay vigilant after the election. We are all in this together, and we need to make sure that regardless of the outcome, we are moving towards a more just community for all of us. This has been Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. Our team, as always, is myself, Jacob, along with my co-host, B, our original co-wrangler, Allison, research assistants, and our producer and theme song creator, Ashley Pacheco and Jose Sotelo, their very adorable little one, Sebastian. And of course, we have our two pets in the Den of Descent, Raven the Dog, and Dwayne the Kitty.